So which day of Christmas are you currently on? How many times have you celebrated so far? Once? Twice? Put your fingers in the air. Once already, yep. Twice? With different groups of people, you know. I'm on my fourth. I'm not even kidding. Three days ago, uh, me and my family went to that uh, quick response display to see the lights in Round Lake. And that was really, really fun. And uh, we celebrated that night, uh, Christmas. Uh, Two days ago, or just three days ago, we celebrated Christmas with just my wife and our kids, which is something that we've been doing since we were dating. So Jackie and I started dating in 2006. So we've been doing it for how many years, Jack? Yeah, like 10 years. So it's our, uh, our 10th anniversary of Christmas together, which is really fun. But when the kids came, we started celebrating with them, and we just give gifts between us. It's a really nice night for us. Um, Yesterday, into this afternoon, we celebrated our entire Christmas with my side of the family. Because my dad was an ER doctor growing up. So we had to uh, celebrate an alternate time because of his schedule. And many of you probably have been in situations like that before. Some some of you, where your jobs just make it so you're not available on Christmas, so you find a different plan. And it really worked out when I got married because my family celebrates a different day, so I get a full day with both sides of the family, which brings us to today, Christmas Eve, and then tomorrow with the Chandlers, and so on and so forth. Uh, so we, we exchanged our, our gifts uh, three days ago, and uh, something you need to know about my wife, Jackie, and she said it's okay for me to tell you this, I always check, you know, pastors are always telling stories about people without asking permission, it's not cool. And uh, so I always check with my wife or anyone else. And, uh, and Jackie is a very practical person. She likes practical gifts. Now, she likes romantic, fun gifts, too, but she's very practical. To give you an idea, uh, I was hiking with the guys uh, years ago, and it was near Valentine's. And I told them, I got Jackie a vacuum cleaner for Valentine's Day. <laughs> Not because I'm a misogynist, because I love, I love to vacuum. I vacuum all the time, do the dishes, everything. I love it all. Uh, nothing like that. She just really wanted a vacuum cleaner. So Valentine's Day, not a dozen roses, but a vacuum cleaner, a Dyson ball. So she was really happy about that. She was. <laughs> she, she was. She verifies it. So you know it's, it's not one of those exaggerated stories, right, that people tell. It's realistic. So this year, I was considering, what should I get Jackie for Christmas? And last week, I settled on it. I'd buy her a new trash can. And a new recycle bin, because she had mentioned that she, our you know, nine-year-old white trash can was looking pretty junky, and so I thought, that's a very practical gift. What did I fill it with? Love. <laughs> I filled it with all of my love and good cheer. So I went to uh, Bed Bath & Beyond, which I call Blood Bath & Beyond, because once you go in there, you lose all of your money. Uh, it's just a bloodbath in there. Don't go in there. I mean, it's okay. Go there if you like it, if you have lots of money. Um, I ended up going to a more humble establishment and picking up some trash cans for Jackie, which I knew she would love. But then an amazing thing happened. I went to sleep the night before we were going to exchange gifts, and I was visited by three spirits. <laughs> three spirits came to me, and the one that was most terrifying was the spirit of Christmas yet to come. And I looked, I looked into the future, and I thought to myself, you know, 
should probably get her something else. <laughs> actually, Lorraine likes that, yeah. Um, actually, it may have been a conversation with my mother when she suggested that maybe I should get Jackie a gift card to something she would like. So I did that, and I got her flowers, and I got her, yeah, I know. Right now, I'm getting lots of points here. Uh, flowers, gift card, the whole, the whole shebang. And so she was happy, but she told me last night, when I told her this whole story, because it was kind of... I gave her the, the gift cards first, then the trash can. It was you know, in that order. She said to me, you know, I would have been happy with the trash cans. Because <laughs> she's so practical. And it's so wonderful. Being married to a practical person is great. When you're kind of a whimsical person like me, I kind of like to fly by the seat of my pants. I didn't used to schedule anything. Marrying Jackie has been such a gift. So that's our little Christmas so far pretty much been an overture. And now the main event is here, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And I am just so thankful that I have two more days to celebrate Christmas. Uh, Grateful for that. But tonight I really want to talk to you about uh, how grateful I am to Jesus Christ. Uh, How grateful I am that God became flesh and dwelt among us. God the Father, Almighty, wrapped flesh around himself and came to us in a baby. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that because God demonstrated who he really was in that act. And he demonstrated that he is the God of self-giving love. The ultimate servant love is what characterizes our God. This time of year, we often hear uh, a name for God, which is thrown around a lot. And the name is Emmanuel, which means God with us. And this, another way you could say that is, it's God coming to us. Not us going to God, but God coming to us. And this tells us something about God. God cared enough about us humans to come to us. We often think about us seeking after God and us going to God being our primary action. And so we often feel inadequate We think we need to get our stuff together before we come to God because God's not going to be able to handle me and my stuff. But the truth of Christmas and the joy of Christmas is that God is Emmanuel, God with us. God came to us. It wasn't the other way around. When we were dead in our sins, God came to us. When we were enemies of God, God came to us. When we were broken and at our lowest point, God came to us. That tells us something about who God is. It tells us something about the love of God. This God came in Jesus Christ, who I am affectionately calling God's second self. Jesus was God, but in the flesh. He was not less than God. He was equal with God. And Jesus, God in the flesh, walked around in skin like the rest of us. He experienced temptation. He experienced uh, sickness. He experienced the death of loved ones. He experienced betrayal and abandonment. This is a God who is aware of our human experience. And I'm so grateful for for this God. Uh, in, In the book of Hebrews, it says, we don't have a high priest, a God who is unfamiliar with our weaknesses, but we have someone who has been through the ringer. When Jesus came, it was God in the flesh, and God came and went through everything we go through, all of our brokenness. And God didn't come just once to visit us. It's God's nature to come to us time and time again. 
especially in our hour of deepest need. That's who our God is. He's a God who takes, uh, takes the initiative to come for us. The scripture I've chosen tonight is not a traditional Christmas scripture, but it is a good one. And I think this is a, a scripture that modifies, that teaches us what it means for God to become flesh and dwell among us. You can read along on your screen. The author, Paul, is, is, is telling the church to model their behavior after Jesus Christ. And he says this, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. This is just such an amazing thing. It's teaching us that Emmanuel, God with us, who is in nature God Almighty, God did not take his, uh, his position as God and use it to leverage uh, something for himself. Rather, he used it to leverage servanthood for us. He didn't uh, take his godhood as something to be an advantage over other people. But he took, uh, he took the advantage that he had as God, and he became a servant. And he gave his life, even to death, on the cross for us. This is the picture of Jesus, who at the Last Supper, if you'll recall, if you've heard this story, Jesus, our servant God, Though he was God, he took, out his, took off his outer garment and wrapped it around his waist, and he washed the feet of his disciples. This is the God that we serve. Jesus, uh, though he was God, did not use that to throw his weight around. What he did was he leveraged it all for us who were deeply in need. It's an amazing story. Jesus was fully God. He took on the nature of the servant. He humbled himself. He experienced friends uh, dying. He experienced betrayal. He lost his earthly father, Joseph, at a young age. He grew up without a father. He worked for 30 years helping his mother to make ends meet at home. This is our Jesus and our God. He gathered 12 close friends, and they actually all deserted him. And one of them actually betrayed him and sold him out. And he was put to death for crimes he didn't commit. This is Emmanuel, God with us. He knows what our experience is. And he, we didn't come to God. He came to us. That's who Jesus is. The ultimate act of, of course, servant leadership is giving one's life for another person. Greater love has no man than this than he lay down his life for a friend. And Jesus went the ultimate, to the ultimate end, giving his life as a ransom for sin. When, I, when I'm doing marriage counseling and talking to husbands and wives... I bring up this passage because uh, here we have Jesus who, who served to the point of giving his life as a ransom for sin. And it says in, in the Bible that husbands ought to love their wives like Christ loved the church. And so I ask the question, how far should you go as a husband in loving your wife? How, well, how far did Jesus go in loving the church? He died for the church. So that's how far we need to go in our love for one another. This is our God, a God who is a servant, a God who, though he was God in the flesh, he didn't use that fact to his own advantage, but he humbled himself 
and laid down his life as an offering on the cross for sin. And it says in the scriptures that anyone who looks to, to this servant God, to Jesus Christ, and calls on his name is saved. The blood that he shed on that cross, the sacrifice that he made, anyone who believes that Jesus' sacrifice is sufficient for salvation, which God says it is, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord through Jesus will be saved. It's an invitation we all have. He came to redeem us. He came to save us. And he came uh, humbly. Uh, from, the, from, the, from the first time that the baby Jesus felt that sharp hay on his back, he went through a very difficult life, and he ultimately gave his life. And it was all because he wanted to come to us. He wanted to bring us to God, redeem us. Tonight, a lot of my friends uh, are having difficult times. Uh, I just found out today that a dear friend uh, has been diagnosed with stage 3 cancer. Uh, I just found out uh, yesterday that someone else, a family member of theirs, is sick. Um, there's a couple of people that have been in the hospital. They're in my life uh, recently. And for all of us, you know, we know people that are going through, uh, through the Christmas season, experiencing the pain of, 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 of someone who's not there anymore, a grandparent, a parent, a spouse. There's all kinds of suffering in this world. And the message of Christmas for all of us is that God came to earth, he experienced the depth of the pain, and he gave his life as a ransom for sin, and he wants to redeem our lives. He wants to take the pain and the suffering that we experience, and he wants to, he wants to join us in that place and humbly serve us and comfort us and lift us up. And ultimately, God wants to save us. God wants to provide salvation for our sins. And anyone who looks to the name of Jesus will be saved. I'm going to invite the worship uh, band forward. We're going to be singing a song. And this is O Little Town of Bethlehem. It says this, How silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given. So God imparts to human hearts the blessings of his heaven. No ear may hear his coming, but in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the glad tidings tell. O come to us, abide with us, O Lord Emmanuel. As you are thinking about what this season means, keep this thought in mind. God did not remain aloof. He didn't remain in this high and exalted place where no one could touch him. And he didn't wait for us to seek after him. He came to us. That's a message. God came to us. Emmanuel, God with us. He came to seek and save us who are lost. And tonight, um, as we sing these songs, I invite you to Invite him into your pain. He knows what it's like to go through everything that we've been through in an extreme fashion, even to the point of death. Um, invite him into your pain. Invite the Holy Spirit into your pain. One of God's names is Comforter. Invite him into your pain this Christmas season, knowing that he knows what it's like. And invite him, uh, call on his name, for he's come to seek and save what was lost. He is our Savior. He is the humble King who came as a servant, and he has the power to save us from our sins.